Welcome to the Stellar Labs podcast, Future Learning Today. At Stellar Labs, our mission is to bust the technology skills crunch with effective, measurable, engaging training. We consult on, design, and deliver the technical and people skills and competencies you need in business. In these podcasts, you'll hear from industry experts and practitioners from the worlds of technology and training. They'll share their experience, insights, and inspiration, and their visions for the future with you. Keep listening to start your future learning here today. Hello, welcome back to the Stella Labs podcast. I'm Stella Collins, and I am absolutely delighted to be talking to Chris Novak, the Global Director of the Threat Research Advisory Centre, and more especially for us, uh, the first of our um, advisory board on our cybersecurity deep learning track. Chris, it's really nice to have you here today. And where are you today? Uh, it's a pleasure. Um, so I'm actually in uh, San Francisco today. So uh, it's, uh, it's a nice, uh, nice early morning, but uh, good, uh, good to be with you. Great. And I hope it's not too uh, foggy. It can be very foggy over there, can't yeah, it? Yeah, it can be, but no, it's all right. Good. Well, we had snow when I got up this morning, so um, oh, I'm wow. sure it's going to be better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, um, you know, we're really, really delighted that you you offered to uh, to join our advisory board. We, we were incredibly pleased when you when you did that. I'm really interested and, and quite curious, really. Um, what's different about us or about our cybersecurity training that that in- interested you and encouraged you to join our advisory board? Sure. Yeah, I, I really saw it as a uh, a great opportunity to take what I've learned and experienced in the cybersecurity industry and really try to use it to help others grow. Um, you know, I get a lot of questions. Uh, people reach out to me. You know, email, LinkedIn, conferences, um, all wanting to know. You know, how do they how do they get into it? What can they do to get better? What are the what are the areas that they can most you know, grow, apply and learn. And, you know, what is it that I've seen or been surprised by? And so, you know, I find it a great opportunity to to be involved with Stellar Labs with something like this, to be able to kind of, you know, in some way kind of give back and, and kind of make what I've been through, what I've learned, what I've experienced, um, you know, useful to kind of better educate others and, you know, uh, be a mentor where I can. And, and we're certainly really, really um you know, pleased with the the feedback and advice you've given us so far that has really helped us to make it very um, focused on the needs of, of the organization, but also the individuals who are who are going to participate. What led you into the field of information security and, and what's changed? Sure. Um, so I'd say lots has, lots has changed. Um, what led me there, to be honest, it was... Um, it kind of was almost an accident. Um, so I started with a computer and electrical engineering background and kind of got into kind of the, the dot-com boom. Everyone was building things, lots of great apparatus coming to life. Um, and then there was the need that everyone realized, hey, when this big thing called the internet started coming together and and systems and people and data started getting connected, well, now we have to deal with the security of that. What happens if something goes wrong? What happens if data leaks? What happens if someone gets hacked? Um, that concept was really more for movies than reality at the time, but now it is much more for reality as well. Um, and so I kind of happened into it and then just very much enjoyed the the challenge and the change. And, and honestly, the fact that, you know, you mentioned, you know, what has changed, you know, honestly, I would say just about everything that I started doing is different 
um, from when I started to today. Um, and, and honestly, that's one of the things that's always had me so excited about the field is that the change is constant and it's pretty fast. But, you know, if you like something that is, you know, uh, different and, and exciting and changing like that, you know, that's that's kind of one of the things that really draws me and I think others to that field. So that, that kind of leads me into thinking about another question about um, I'm interested in what technical skills people need, but also perhaps what are the, some of those those people skills that people need, the competences or the, the business skills they need to, to be in cybersecurity? Yeah, I, I always tell people when they ask, it's a combination of things. Um, and, and honestly, the analogy I draw, I do this a lot when I talk to people about cybersecurity, I draw a lot of analogies to the medical industry. And I say, you can have the best doctor in the world. But if you can't communicate with your doctor, if your doctor can't convey to you what your health issue is or what it is you need to do to get better or what the procedures you may need to go through are going to involve or what you can expect you know, side effects to be, you're going to be very anxious or you may not even move forward. And like I said, maybe the best doctor in the world but the communication is critical. And so, you know, when I'm talking to people about what it is that they need to be looking for from a kind of training, education, growth and development perspective, it is you need the technical, but you also need the communications and the business acumen. And, you know, there may be different mixes or mixtures to the, the ratios of that based on where you are in your, your career journey. Um, but having all of those in some form or fashion, I think, is really going to allow you to be successful over the long term. If you just focus on just pure technical, you kind of may pigeonhole your career into just one particular area. As you you grow in the technical, you're going to find that communication of what it is that your you know your pen test has uncovered or what it is that your forensic investigation has revealed, you're going to need to communicate that to others so they know what actions they can take. And you're going to need to understand the business impacts of it. You know, I see this a lot in, in, in my days that, you know, people will make recommendations not necessarily fully understanding how difficult that recommendation may be to apply. And so having an understanding of the business side of things as well can also help to make sure that the recommendations and that communication that needs to follow is is appropriate and reasonable for, for the entity that you're working with. That's really interesting. And I, I guess like any of those skills that you start, you know, if, if you can start learning them earlier in your career, they'll probably boost your career for the first place. But also it's easier to learn them when you're a bit younger. Well, younger, yeah. not necessarily, but earlier in your career, shall we say? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. OK. And and what do you think are the, the, the biggest gaps so far? So I'd say if you look at the biggest gaps, I'd say if you kind of look at it um, at a broad level, I'd say that, you know, just there's just not enough cybersecurity practitioners out there. I see this all the time. Everybody is looking and organizations have trouble finding people with the right experiences, that well-rounded kind of individual that I mentioned. Um, and then I think if you kind of narrow that question and look at it from the standpoint kind of more individually, you know, the things that I see as being a gap for a lot of um, either organizations or individuals is how they apply the knowledge, the learning, the education, and the training to the practical world. It's not enough to just have training or gone through a class. You need to understand how to actually apply it to the world around you. And, you know, I think most people can appreciate this. If you just go back and look at, you know, when you were in university or, or your earlier years, you could go through classes and learn how to do things in a book or on paper. But you need to be thinking when you go through that, or you need to be part of a 
a training regimen that appreciates the fact that it isn't just about how I get one plus one equals two, but how do I apply the concept of what I'm learning to the world where it's actually going to happen on a computer, a system, or or some kind of data set? I think that's really important. It's understanding the context of what you're learning. I, I can remember what years ago, way back, I did an Oracle database course. It took two, two whole weeks. Um, I didn't know why I'd gone. Nobody talked to me about it before I went. Uh, nobody talked to me about it after I came back and said, you know, what did you learn? And, you know, I honestly know nothing about Oracle databases, but I spent two whole weeks there. So I think that whole thing about, yeah, what's the application part of it? That's really important, the work-based application. Yeah. Okay. And and so for an organization, you, you said that, you know, they, they're struggling to find people to to fill these gaps, to fill the gaps that are that are because of this skills crunch that's coming up. What are the different benefits of, of sort of having an in-house set of cybersecurity experts or perhaps bringing people from outside? So in, in my experience, I think it's important for organizations to have both. Um, and the reason I say that is, you know, when you are inside the, you know, the four walls of your own organization, there is a tendency for people to develop um, biases, patterns, habits, behaviors, um, or tend to kind of, you know, birds of a feather flock together kind of thing. Um, and that may sometimes limit your awareness or understanding of other threats and risks. Um, right? When we look at cybersecurity, we have to protect our assets and our data from every potential risk. It doesn't matter if it's an insider threat, an external threat, if it's a nation state or a, an organized crime group. At the end of the day, we're responsible for protecting those assets and that data from every possible risk and threat. And so the internal folks will probably know your own organization better than anyone else. So when you need to apply something or you need to do something or you need to act quickly, they're going to know where things are. They're going to know who to call. They're going to know what the policies and procedures are. But the benefit of the external is that there's going to be experiences that they have from working in or with other organizations, in other geographies, in other industries besides where you are. And they're going to be able to take that knowledge and experience and apply that to you. So if there's something, for example, and I see this a lot in, in, in my own world, where you know we may see a trend evolving, say, in the financial services industry, but that trend may not have emerged yet in, say, healthcare or manufacturing. But the fact that people have already been immersed in it and understand how to deal with it, they can take that knowledge from one industry and start applying it to the others to either better defend and protect them so that that trend doesn't emerge in their industry, or if they do see it pop up in those industries or areas, they're better prepared and know and have that experience on how to handle it. Uh, that's an interesting one uh, for me because um, I think we often get that in training that uh, you know we're, we're trying to encourage a particular um, sector to perhaps develop some new um, skills. And you often find that other sectors might sort of say, oh, well, I don't know if we need that yet. And actually, that's where those, those persuasions skills or some of those um, competences, business skills that you, you were talking about are actually really important because you need to then be able to paint a picture for potentially another sector to say, yeah, but actually you could you could have this challenge too. So, so yes, yeah, so it's, 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 it's kind of common for everybody, isn't it? You, you need to be able to switch, uh, switch sectors um, in the middle. That's absolutely right. Okay. At, at what point do you think an organization or a company needs to think about building an internal cybersecurity team? 
I mean, honestly, I think today's day and age, I think every organization needs to have one pretty much from the get-go. If you're going to deal with any kind of sensitive data, especially something that may be of a regulated data type, you you need some kind of cybersecurity program because the reality of it is, you know, in the in the early days or the old days, you could potentially get by in a business that relied on papers and locked file cabinets. And maybe at that point, you didn't need a cybersecurity program. But the reality of it is today, if you have a business and you have an employee, you probably have PII data on that employee. You probably have, you know, uh, pension or retirement information on that person, payroll information, you know, home address, members of their family, things like that you may have information on. And my guess is there's probably not many businesses left that don't have that information today in a computer system somewhere that then needs to have some kind of cybersecurity, even if basic needs to have something. And obviously, as you look at, you know, going from a business with just a couple of people to a business with a few dozen people to a few hundreds to thousands to tens of thousands and beyond, you now still now you now have a much larger pool of sensitive data to be concerned about. And obviously, as any business grows, it's not just then about the PII data you have on your employees. You may have sensitive intellectual property about what you do and how you do it that you don't want to leak out into the market or to competitors. Or you may have you know, transactions that you perform that obviously you want the integrity of those transactions to be sound so that you don't want to move $100, but instead a million dollars moves. That can be very impactful to the business. So I, I honestly think that there's not an organization today that, that um, can, can really survive without an internal cybersecurity program. That's really interesting, really interesting, and, and possibly quite scary. <laughs> We're actually incredibly lucky that uh, one of our uh, colleagues, so there are still only three of us in the business, but one of our colleagues seems very aware of, of what's happening in cybersecurity and has been very useful, even in teaching me some really basic stuff that has been, you know, helpful, I think, in, in helping to protect us. So that's been uh, that's been an exciting part of that for me, the, the learning journey on that. Sure. Chris, I know one of the things, this is a sort of personal question, really, um, of personal interest to me. I know you promote... Um, diversity and inclusiveness in cybersecurity. And I'm really interested to know a bit more about how you do that and, and whether there's anything with, that we can do within training to help with that um, that mission you have. Sure. So I, I'd say that there's a couple of different things. One, I try to do a lot of kind of mentoring, you know, so I really, um, I really try to make myself available to the public. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, my LinkedIn is open, my Twitter is open. So if people want to reach out to me, I, I try to be as accessible to them as I can, even people I don't know, just to give them guidance and feedback. Um, and, you know, I try to surround my people, I try to surround myself with various different types of people that come from a broad array of backgrounds, because I look at it as, one, if we're going to be successful in anything, we're going to be most successful if we have, you know, diversity of that team, diversity of thought, because, you know, the challenges that the world faces are also very diverse in, yeah. in a number of ways. And I also look at it from the standpoint of we want to try to get people involved early and we want to try and make it as easy as possible. Um, you know, when I first started, like I said, there wasn't really a program. There wasn't really a track record. You couldn't go to university for cybersecurity. There weren't degrees for it. Uh, but even still with that today, there's a lot of challenges, barriers to entry, people thinking that they can't do it or it's not for them. So the mentoring is a big piece. I also try to get involved with um, 
like elementary school programs, you know, Cub Scouts, my daughter is in Girl Scouts, trying to promote their cybersecurity programs, even down into that, you know, anywhere from say six, seven, eight, nine, 10 year old range, trying to get them understanding of what is cybersecurity, even at a high level. Um, And then even within the the, the workforce here at Verizon, um, you know, um, one of our one of our new leaders had actually introduced a program called Wow or Women of the World, um, and it's a phenomenal um, kind of developmental and empowerment program for really kind of um, bringing our our entire workforce and getting everybody included in what we do, and and really setting them up for success. And so I think like I think things like that are really helpful, and you know, I try to stay as plugged into all of that as I possibly can. Fantastic. Well, I think it's it's really important that we do get more more diversity um, within within the uh, well within within most business, but certainly within that cybersecurity sector. Sure. Um, so thank you, Chris. It's been as always a real pleasure to talk to you. So thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and and for always being so very open. I think I think it's phenomenal the way you you're, you are so open and uh, and share so much. So thank you so much, and um, I hope we didn't get you too early in San Francisco. No, always a pleasure. Happy to be with you and hope to do it again soon. It's great. Thank you so much, Chris. And we look forward to talking again. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please share it with your friends and colleagues and visit our website, stellalabs.eu, to learn more about what we do and how we do it. Tune into the next episode.